Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop with locations in Stockton and Tracy. We're coming off of a really fun episode, number 111. Just last week, Ryan and I came on and talked about why people continue to give the Kings the benefit of the doubt. You can find that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, what's good? What's going on? Got another vodka soda tonight, baby. So, you know, it's a rare Friday night that we record. Okay, Typically, me and Eric like to record, you know, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday nights, mainly, you know, beginning of the week's uh, uh, more favorable for us, but uh, a rare Friday night, uh, I got my uh, my South Fork vodka, which is uh, distilled locally in Grass Valley, uh, got, you know, got my fresh in there, so uh, good week, Been, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but fucking absolutely killing it, uh, betting-wise, uh, the last two weeks, so uh, it's been fun, I'm excited to be here, as always. And uh, yeah, man, let's, there's a shit ton to talk about coaching, the boogie stuff. So uh, I, I say we just jump right into it. Yeah, no, before we get into it, we're talking about betting. Believe got sent me this today, Ryan. I wanted to read this one. Um, so Believe Podcast Networks partners with Bet Online. Um, they're the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, uh, and, and futures. Oh, we like to bet those futures, Ryan. Kings over that's but that's been a traditional bet for us um and then with mlb you can bet on there as well um it's easy to join so head to uh the bet online website and put the promo code believe for 50 percent welcome bonus on a deposit that's legit there we go so bet online check them out ryan your bets though this week we put in putting a lot of bets in we talked about baseball there i know that you've been sending in in the group chat you've been stacking a lot of nba parlays with mlb stuff so talk a little bit about your bets and how that's going for you yes so the the one thing that i've been on um early on in the season with the mlb is uh betting the first half of baseball games right so first five innings uh and the reason i favor the first five innings is because you're getting the starters right so like if if a team's throwing their ace you know uh, you're gonna want to bet that right if scherzer's throwing if kershaw's throwing uh, you know, stuff like that. And you, you really want to get those bets. But early on in the playoffs, it's it's really easy, okay? It's extremely easy that, uh, you know, like you, a lot of these teams are going to sweep them or it's going to end up 4-1. So uh, I, I've been hot lately, man. I've been parlaying. Um, I hit a $252 parlay last Friday, I think it was. I hit a 197 the other day um just absolutely been killing it i i actually just lost for the first time in a while today right now right before we logged on trey young's game winner 
uh, with 4.4 seconds left, lost me that specific parlay. But I have another one that I'm going to win. Um, it's, it's a teaser. Um, so that one's for like 27 bucks or something. So I should break even on the day. But uh, yeah, I've been absolutely killing it, man. It's been great. Yeah, it's always good to win. It's you've been setting those in, and in I think early in the in the NBA playoffs is is are good bets be, just because you know you're gonna see maybe some sweeps or some some like you know five game series. So taking those favorites on the money line is a good stack. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know if I'm gonna bet how aggressive I'm gonna bet as the NBA playoffs kind of get a bit closer to the to the championship. You know, because those games are tough, but. Um, yeah, it's nice to it's nice to find a groove after football season where you you can you know be pretty successful in those bets. Um, you know, basketball is um, is always tougher than football, so killing it. That's yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, I want to do hit you, Ryan. We've been bringing in the obscure player of the week. You're dude, you're two, you're two for two. So honestly, that's pretty impressive. Um, last it was, week, it was we, James. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, so last week we had Jason Capono, and you snagged that one first try. That was a tough one. And then the week before that, um, who did I who did I throw at you? Do you remember? Jamal Jamal Tinsley. Jamal Tinsley. Yeah, that was it. So I got another I got another one another throwback for you. Um, I'm going to stick with a theme for you. Uh, 2000s basketball. All right, so get ready for this one. All right, he was a first round pick by the Clippers. Played there for four years. Went to the Phoenix Suns. All right, where he played um, just for a short time. All right, but he was known as a three-point shooter there. Then he Quinn went Richardson. on. Yeah, you got it right away. Yeah, Quinn. dang it, didn't even finish it for the people to get the guess. Quentin, that, so that was too easy for you, Quinn Richardson. It was the the Clipper draft drafted by the Clippers and went to Phoenix. That was it. That's all you got to know. Yeah, Quentin yeah. Richardson. Well, you know who? So let's. It's a good. Tra- the reason I I kind of selected this one. It's good. It's a good transition, right? Because uh, Quentin Richardson played on the, uh, you know mid 2000 sons, Mike D'Antoni, a lot of shit going on right now with coaches. We talked about in the last week's episode, how we, we really wanted D'Antoni just for uh, De'Aaron Fox. And we thought it was like the best fit, especially with the connection to the front office, but man, just a lot of people this week are just, that's the hot topic in Kingsland is like coaching searches. And, um, but D'Antoni's on the list and they're interviewing. So um, let's talk a little bit about coaching. Yeah. I mean, let's, we've been talking about this, for over a year you know you can go back and look at the podcast we've brought up mike d'antoni as a fit for this team for a long time and uh yeah he, his style i think would benefit deer and fox i think deer and fox instantly becomes you know a 27 28 point per game guy you know if he's scoring 25 26 a, a night like he's done the last two years with you know alvin gentry and luke walton just imagine what he's going to do with d'antoni you brought this up a couple weeks all Mike D'Antoni has ever done is had MVP point cards, right? You, you know, you can not call Harden an MVP if you, if you don't want to, whatever, right? In my opinion, he's, he's more of a point. Okay. Like the guy has the ball, he's ball dominant. He, he leads teams in assists, MVP, right? Steve Nash, two-time MVP. Um, so in that regard, you know, it, it's, 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 it's too good to be true, right? Like D'Antoni came here. There is a lot of hate, though. A lot of people are, are saying, well, we need to go after defense. We need to this. And, you know, I, I, don't, necessarily, I don't necessarily believe in that. There's, you know, 
the the counter to that is Mark Jackson, right? So there's there's two thought processes. You go defense, you go offense. Uh, it's Mark Jackson, and if I was the Kings, Mark Jackson would be my second choice. I've seen a lot about Darvin Ham. Um, I've seen a lot of these random, you know, like Mike Brown. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But I've seen some random coaches who have never been head coaches before that they really think that, oh, let's bring that guy in. Now, Sacramento is at a very vital point right now where you have two young stars. You can't fuck this up, okay? You can't fuck this up. So why would you not go with the guy who's won 60 games with multiple teams, right? Who's who's shown to have, you know, his point guards have three MVPs under him, okay? That that's There's something to be said about that. When your best player is a young point guard who's fast and likes to run, that's Mike D'Antoni right there. So um, bringing up Mike Brown real quick, I just want to touch on this. Let's let's put Mike Brown into perspective, okay? He what, went to the NBA Finals, okay, back in the, you know, the, the young days with LeBron James. Um, you know, went to playoffs a few times. The second LeBron James leaves, guy gets fucking fired. Terrible, okay? Goes to L.A., gets fucking fired. All right, so, I, you know, I'm not a fan of, of Mike Brown. I think that, you know, they're kind of just trying – Eric, Eric said it today. We were talking on the phone. He's like, they're just trying to reach for that Golden State tree, right? But the guy's proven that he's not a competent head coach. He has multiple stops, okay? You're kind of going down the Luke Walton train um, with Mike Brown, right? Hasn't proven that he can win. Uh, comes from that Golden State type of uh, – you know, or not Golden State type, but Golden State tree now. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of it. I'm, I'm not. So um, I think that Tony 100% is the number one guy and they need to do whatever the fuck they can to, to bring in some shooters and bring in Mike D'Antoni on this roster. And if they do, they're a fucking playoff team next year. Top eight seed guaranteed. Mike D'Antoni to the point. Yeah. He he's, he's gotten the best out of the point guards, which is, you know, the thing the Kings haven't really done. And the reason part of the reason they haven't been so successful is I don't really think they've ever like coached to their scheme and coached to their players. And like, I, I just, I, I, a good point really is this last year where you had Darren Fox coming off of a career year. And then you just decide to play him in a, in a, in a, in a position that really didn't do anything for him. Like that's just that, that type of uh, strategy for the last couple of years has just been, um, I don't know. I think it's what's contributed to him losing. He's just doing, it's just not really catering to guys. And that's the one thing about Mike D'Antoni. He's, he can, he's going to bring, he's going to focus on Aaron Fox. And he's, he's going to focus on Sabonis, I would think. And Mike D'Antoni's teams has always gotten a lot out of kind of role players too. You know, you can just kind of look back at all the teams, even in Houston, they got a lot out of like a bunch of random, I mean, even, even, uh, he was coaching there, right? I mean, don't, when Ben McMore went over there that one season, was that like his last season there? I'm kind of putting you on the spot on that might one. Have been his last, might, might, might have been his last year there. But, you know, that's that's just – that's like we're talking about, right? Ben McMore's a shooter. He's going to get wide open shots, right? Like this is – his system elevates guys who aren't as good. Guys like Daniel Howe, you said Ben McElmore. Um, There's been a lot of random fucks on those Rockets teams, dude. You know, a lot of random dudes who just – hey, if you can knock three, if you can knock down an open three, you're going to be valuable in that system. Right. It's so open. It's so fast paced. You just need to shoot. That's it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think his style, I think Darren Fox is the perfect point guard uh, for him. And, and, and the same with DeMontis Sabonis. Those Phoenix teams were pick and roll teams, right? Like Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. Those are, that's, that's one of the greatest dudes to do it. You know, it wasn't for a long period of time, but those guys won a shit ton of games, right? They won a lot of games and I want to, you know, 
who was it? The Spurs, right? Remember, remember the big old debacle at the end of the Spurs game? Was that the Western Conference Finals when the Suns were the one seed? Remember, remember all that? And shit went shit went crazy. If it wasn't for that, the Phoenix Suns probably won the championship that year, right? Uh, so the guys did nothing but win games. I, I, I don't understand why people are, you know, especially a team in Sacramento, this is going to be the most high-profile coach, right? Like, to possibly ever be brought in, right? Like, I know after the early 90s with the Trailblazers, whatever, but he didn't, you know, they had a few good runs, okay? George Carl, he was old as shit, and it was horrible from the beginning. Mike D'Antoni has... Guys who have won MVPs, he's won six games multiple times. Like it, this is the guy, and I've seen a lot of fucking hate on it, and I don't understand it, dude. A lot of Sacramento Kings uh, media, pretty much everybody, has hated on D'Antoni. They don't want D'Antoni. They everybody, you know, everybody just wants they wants to find the, want to find that that guy. They want to find that diamond in the rough, like a Darvin Ham or a Sam Cassell, and you know, no, we don't need that. We can't risk that. Okay, you can't risk fucking this up again, dude. We're at a, such a crucial position right now that if we mess this up and De'Aaron Fox says, I want out, right? That's going to set the Kings back another seven years, right? So, like, you're at the point now where it's like, hey, we need to win and we need to win fast. And we're not talking about a championship next year or the year after. We're just talking about, hey, let's get in the playoffs, okay? And let's build upon that. Let's make guys, you know, role players want to come play with De'Aaron Fox. Let's put De'Aaron Fox on that on that level with John Morant stat-wise, right? Like, we want to see him put up statistical output like that. Make guys, that you know, make people excited to come to Sacramento. You know, we want to see De'Aaron Fox running up and down the court on SportsCenter. Like, they show John Morant, that kind of shit, dude. So, I think D'Antoni would, would be perfect. Um, people are crazy. I, I've, I've seen a lot. People are fucking crazy that they don't want him. I don't understand it at all. The thing that I want to see the most, and it was kind of the point I was making earlier, was that they do, they do have to bring the, the reason I want like a, I said, I want a, a successful retread. <laughs> As I said, at this point, I get the whole, I, I want to get, you want to land that, that, like you said, you called it the diamond in the rough, that sleeper coach who's going to come in here and like revolutionize basketball. That, that, it just goes along the lines with uh, standard like pipe dream stuff that people have. They like the idea of things, right? People like the idea of like a homegrown team with a sleeper coach who revolutionized basketball. And, and, and that's like, that's like the uh, fantasy situation, but really they're in a situation now where they have some guys are and they're desperate. Like you said, they're desperate. It's, it's go time. They can't afford another, another, uh, ter- you know, season like the last two seasons uh, where they just, they just can't finish a season off. They're right. They're right. That, that, that weird tier in the standings, you know, because if they continue with that, like bigger shakeup could come that could set the Kings back even further. But you, you got to, the reason I want a successful retread is like, you got to have a guy who's going to come in and, and coach stars. That's one thing about Luke Walton. He didn't want to coach. He didn't want to coach stars. It, it was too like too communal. The rotations were all over the place. Um, no consistency in the lineups. Like I, I just want a successful retread who who knows that basic stuff and so go out there and just play guys consistently throughout a year and really feature the guys. So that's why D'Antoni is like the the, the easy sell, and especially because the connection of the front office. But uh, there there are a couple names like James Ham reported today that they are they have like a list of like seven guys. So it's funny because you throw like Darvin Ham and, and Sam Cassell, which 
to me, it's funny. I don't understand. Like I get a lot of people they are interested in just, just talking about coaches. Like we said, they like some people like that stuff, but I, I just don't know how you can really evaluate an, an assistant coach. I think you might've said to me, like, how can you really evaluate assistant coach on a winning team? Like, so, you know, they're so far detached from the coaches don't even have that much of an impact. I think on really good teams as it is. So, you know, you want to pull a Warriors assistant coach, like look at the Warriors roster, then look at the head coach. You think this, I mean, the assistant coach, is he really making all the difference? So, uh, to me, I just don't know how you can develop a list and really know. I'm not saying that those guys can't come in and be and coach and be successful, but I just don't know how you can kind of speculate on some of these random guys. Well, let's, let's, let's rephrase what you said, because people are going to take this the wrong way. Okay. You said you don't know how an assistant coach can make, really make a difference. We're talking about in-game situations right now what happens behind closed doors player development practice wise scheme wise film wise we don't know about that right like we're not in there so we're not going to speak on that and neither is anybody else so our 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 point of view is you shouldn't be talking on that stuff because honestly you don't know okay what eric's trying to say is you know how much does an assistant coach really make a difference in in in-game situations okay how much is he the one drawing up the inbounds plays you know, is, is he the ones, Hey, situation, situational basketball, we need to call timeout here. We need to foul here. We need to do these types of things. We don't fucking know. Okay. So taking a chance on a guy like Darvin ham or Sam Cassell, it's just, to me, it's, it's, you're playing with fire, man. The risk, the risk is just, you know, there's too much risk. And with a guy like Dintoni, you know what you're going to get. Sacramento is going to score fucking points an unreal amount of points. Darren Fox is going to have that statistical output. And that's what you need. You've got to put Sacramento on the map now. You cannot, and I, and I think that the front office knows this, that they can't win 30 games next year. You know, I think McNair is like, shit, we, we can't win 30 games next year. This can't happen. Um, you know, because if you win 30 games next year, shit's people are going to get moved. People are going to get fired. Next thing you know, we're at 20 years since we've been to the playoffs. That's how fast things change in Sacramento. One more losing season. You know, you win 30, you win 33 games next year. McNair's going to get let go. That's just the way Sacramento's culture is, right? The coach will probably go with him. Somebody else will come in and bring their own coach. So, you know, guys are literally fighting for their jobs. They're literally fighting for the, the, the fate of the franchise coming up. We are so close to 20 years without a playoff uh, appearance. It's, it's disgusting. And there has to be a sense of urgency and the, you know, a Darvin ham type of hire, you know, that's kind of what the Luke Walton thing was, right. You know, that, that, that was that kind of move. This is sense of urgency. We need to hire guys. Now it's the same type of thing that they did with George Carl, right? The roster wasn't anywhere near it is now. There was turmoil within the franchise that we're, that was a bad state, but it was a sense of urgency. They, they realized, holy shit, we have Boogie Cousins right now in his prime, who's the best center in the NBA. We need to hire an established coach. Obviously, it didn't work out because Boogie and George Carl clash, and honestly, there just wasn't enough fucking talent on the roster. But sense of urgency, Mike D'Antoni is our guy. Um, consolation prize, Mark Jackson. Anybody outside of that, I think it's a fucking bust. Yeah, and to close off with this is that yeah, I I, I, get, I think the X's and O's, the right, the basketball IQ thing, I think that's only a, a part of it. And that's, I guess maybe I'm not doing the best job of Luton Ted. That's, that's kind of my point. It, it, I, I'm sure Luke Walton could 
like understood basketball and knew how to like coach the X's and O's of basketball. Like, and, and really, obviously, Dave, Dave Yeager, uh, and obviously even back Mike Malone, obviously those guys, um, they knew, they knew basketball. And so I think the, the part that the Kings lack is just like a real fucking professional um, coach who knows how to coach players too, who knows how to just handle a team and run a team and, I mean, how quickly into Luke Walton's just to evaluate the last coaching period, like how quickly into his kind of tenure was there a lot of question marks about just a lot of uh, just a lot of things. Even when he was in the lake with the Lakers, there was a lot of it. And a lot of it wasn't always basketball stuff. It was just how he managed and utilized players and how he allocated minutes, Um, just, you know, who he why he would play certain guys and put certain guys in the doghouse like. So that's why I, I, like I said, a, a successful retread, you're at least going to get that understanding of how to coach guys and what not to do. And, you know, that set the Kings back a little bit. Um, did you have anything on that? Because I got something I'm going to move us to. No, let's move. I mean, we beat everybody knows we've talked about it. D'Antoni, dude, that's that's the guy. And I think it's going to happen, dude. There's, you know, Mike, Dint, it's not like Mike D'Antoni's going to get, he's getting an interview, right? It's not like they're going to, interview Mike D'Antoni when Mick, like you said earlier, McNair, there's ties there. You know, they have to, they have to interview other people. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so if Mike D'Antoni's willing to take the interview, he's willing to come here. And I, if, you know, if I was a betting man, which I fucking am, Mike D'Antoni's going to be the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Right. Like that's where, you know, I'm a pretty successful better guys. And I would put my money on Mike D'Antoni. So let's move on. We're, we're over that. We beat the dead horse. A lot of chatter this week was on DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins back in Kingsland news. I wanted to talk a little bit, a little bit about it. I know that the topic's a little bit, you know, it's been going on all week, and it seems to be more. The reason I want to talk about it because it seems more polarizing than I thought it would be, and the, and the reason it got brought up, it wasn't like out of nowhere people to start talking about it. It was like he did an interview and he and he said stuff about Sacramento. He's basically, if you didn't read it, he said that he would have skipped his pre-draft workout he said you know what did sacramento ever do for me like i did a lot for them and then the the best quote right here which made me laugh because it's true ryan it was you know he said oh sacramento uh sucked before me they sucked with me and they've sucked after me so <laughs> that's kind of the reason the reason i laughed at that and i like that because it's exactly what we've been saying the last month or so it's kind of been a big theme on our on our episode when it's it's a set basically you've been saying like why are we giving uh, the the worst franchise in professional sports, the benefit of the doubt. Like why do they? And and that's what happened with this with this uh, topic is everyone just blamed Demarcus Cousins and like, well, he didn't do this and do that. I'm like, and I, my thing was like, okay, well, he has his faults. I understand that, but the guy at his peak was an all star. He averaged twenty seven and twelve, and I I think he was the best center in the NBA. And they all all the Kings did during his tenure was lock up cap space you know, blow draft picks and really just set themselves back. I, towards the end of his time here, the Kings were in the top percent in the NBA in salary cap, like usage and how it was locked up. And when you're a bad team, that's like the worst place to be in, especially we're not hitting on draft picks. So, so uh, nobody wanted to criticize the Kings in their role. Everyone said, oh, he didn't win. It was like, well, they never surrounded him with an all-star. You know, there's, there was a lot of takes that came in and out of that. Right. So, um, you know, the, the, I just thought it was a little bit crazy, but I thought it was a fun topic to talk about because it did fall in line with some stuff you've been saying. 100%. Why give the benefit 
the doubt to the worst ran franchise in American sports, right? And like Eric said, yeah, he had his faults. Okay. Boogie's a fucking asshole. Right. But people love, right. Like, you know, everybody else is all oh, he wants to be in Sacramento. Look how good he is with the community. All you ever hear outside of basketball about DeMarcus cousins. Oh, he was great with the community. He was giving back. He was volunteering. He was doing this. He was doing that. You know, people just got upset because he got two medicals. <laughs> That's what it was. People, you know, all, all, all he ever did was be great on the court and give back to the community and want to win in Sacramento. And what happened? They ran him out of the fucking gym and they did it in the most embarrassing, unprofessional way possible. You know, they came out, oh, we're not trading him. We're not trading. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. And you're going to you're, you're going to trade him while he's at, while he's interviewing at the all-star game. You don't even have the decency to wait. Yeah. I'd be fucking salty if I was DeMarcus Cousins. And one thing I want to bring up, people talking about should DeMarcus Cousins Jersey be retired? A lot of people freaking out, you know, saying, Oh no, no. I, the guy played here seven years was a multiple time all-star was an all NBA talent. If you don't put DeMarcus Cousins in, who who do you put in? He played here more seasons than than a lot of the guys from from the 01, you know, that that era. You know, he was here for 7 years. And and all he did was put up fucking numbers. It's not his fault that the, you know, that there was turmoil and he was on the worst ran franchise in American sports. Uh, you know, people get too much into their personal feelings. Right. And, and they don't take his what he did on the court into, you know, into, uh, you know, they don't look at the totality of circumstances. Right. They don't look at, damn, this guy was the best center in the NBA. Damn, without this guy, we probably win 10 games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Guy was running out there with like Marcus Thornton. You know what I mean? Like John Salmons, Jason Thompson, you know, and then you're blowing draft picks, like Eric said. You're, you know, you're blowing draft picks with Jimmer Fredette and Nick Stauskas and all this shit around, you know, around a guy like DeMarcus. It's just, it, it's crazy. It's crazy the amount of hate he's gotten. And, and, you know, and for George Carl to come out and say something like, shut the fuck up, dude. Honestly, George Carl, you know, you're horrible. Honestly, George Carl's tenure here was horrible. Uh, you know, he, whatever, you know, we don't know the specifics of what happened between him and Boogie, but it's, you know, very it, it's to me it's unprofessional on his part right i think boogie put his time in here i think he put up the statistical output i i think he played his ass off and at the end of the day all that matters to me is what happened on the court so you know i'm fine with not retiring boogie's jersey but you better not retire anybody else's jersey okay if these guys aren't making it to the playoffs like you know say Darren fox plays here for 10 years and he never makes the playoffs, but he scores 23 a game during his time. You can't retire his jersey. You know, you can't. So that I, I think the baseline, you know, you for Sacramento, they, they need to find out where that baseline is, right? Like when when do we retire somebody's jersey? When do we not? And when you're a poverty franchise like Sacramento, there's not a lot of guys, you know, you're not gonna have the opportunity opportunity to retire a jersey very often. I think DeMarcus Cousins, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to that, it's like, dude, you have to retire his jersey. Like you're never, you might not never have the opportunity like this again. I I actually disagree because people were talking about that. And if it is never should be retired, I said, no, 
And I just said, you got to win. That, that was my take. You got to win to do it. And the only time I would consider like an exception is if you were, you really were like an all time time great for like in, in all of NBA. I mean, he, he didn't make any playoffs. I get this. I get the stats. So it, it is, it is weird. And, but that, that goes to show though, for the people who hate on him, <clears throat> people who love him, it's like, the guy that the guy like how can you blame that guy for his tenure here when he literally produced as best as you could on the court <clears throat> and and the thing is is like the tenure that he's going through is looking really similar to the one that De'Aaron Fox is um you know why, why De'Aaron what De'Aaron Fox is going through right now right so <clears throat> it's just kind of the same thing and I think that's why we've been so I don't want to say protective or Fox, but we've kind of defended him is like, I think we see the the potential peak for a guy on the roster right now. And I just don't want to see that happen two times in a row because for all the Kings bullshit that they did, they did grab some, they've had some key players throughout the time. It's not like they were completely, you know, without some, some talent. And so, yeah, it was, it was, an, it was interesting. I was kind of surprised. He said that a lot of people took it personally, Ryan, because they get all defensive. They're like, you know, why is he shitting on, on, on Sacramento? I'm like, he wasn't sick of shitting on Sacramento. He shit on the franchise. And there, there was a lot of dysfunction throughout that time. And that was, that was a time too, where uh, they fired Pete D'Alessandro and then they brought in Vladi. And there was just a lot of, I mean, a lot of coaches getting fired and people trying to position themselves in the franchise. There was allegedly, he, he was told he was going to get the guaranteed you know, money in the contract. And then they just went and like you said, the, at the all-star game, just swoop traded them, you know? And, and so just the, the, that's why I don't choose to focus on DeMarcus cousins and literally point blame at this time because he did his time. He's gone. Like the problem that we're, that he was dealing with and we were dealing with his fans throughout the time is the same shit we're dealing with right now. So it's like, blame them, you know, blame the franchise, look at those things. And to me, I don't know why people don't necessarily do that. And I, it, it even baffles us because we've been talking about it the last, this last season or two, it's kind of been a lot of blame on players too. It's been blame on Buddy. It's been blame on, you know, Bagley. Um, it's, you know, even blame on, on Darren Fox. It's like pointing fingers at players. And it's just, um, you know, at some point you got to look at the whole situation, but I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was, it was a, a very interesting story, interesting conversation this week that, that, that popped off like this. So. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> that again, dude, I'm, I'm going to say this forever, dude. Why give the benefit of the doubt to the worst ran franchise in American sports? I don't fucking get it. We're the only ones who come on here and say that we are the only ones who acknowledge that this is the worst ran franchise in American sports. Right. We're the only people who acknowledge it. Let me rephrase that. Only people who acknowledge it who quote unquote cover the Kings. I wouldn't put us as covering the Kings. We just like to come on here and talk shit. Okay. But we're the only people in, in all of Kings land who come out here and say, it. and I don't fucking, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Why is it a coach's fault? Right. You know, you, you brought up Dave Yeager earlier. Was Dave Yeager a Western conference coach with Memphis, you know, before he came here, isn't Mike, wasn't Malone or isn't Mike Malone a Western Conference coach of the year, you know, during his time in Denver? Guys have won elsewhere. It, it's not like these guys suck. And, you know, people always bring up, why do Kings players get better when they leave? Because the franchise fucking sucks. That's why. And when are we going to acknowledge that and stop blaming these guys? It's not Boogie's fault. It wasn't De'Aaron Fox's fault. 
that his stats dipped in the beginning of the year. He was playing out of position. You know, it, it's it's it wasn't Marvin Bagley's fault. He was drafted in front of Luca. You know what I mean? Like all this shit that happens, it's not their fault. Have we ever just sat back and realized, damn, maybe we have ruined a shit guy's careers. You know, maybe you know Ben McElmore's played a lot of games in the NBA. You know, I'm not saying Ben McElmore is an all star. He would have been great or anything like that, but. He couldn't even sniff the court in Sacramento at the end. He was playing on teams that were playing in the Western Conference Finals and then the playoffs. He was getting minutes and he was he was effective. So Sacramento is horrible. This everybody's got to acknowledge that before we move forward. I was I'm scrolling through Kingsland. It's everyone's freaking out. It's, it's funny seeing some of the takes. Someone said Elson Turner as the next Kings coach. Come on, guys. What is that? that? Get the fuck out of here, dude. Hey, <laughs> did, did you see the reason Elson Turner was suggested was because of the great defense that Minnesota is playing. Even though, you know, Minnesota gave up a uh, two 20 point leads last night, you know, credit to credit to Elston Turner for the great defense that Minnesota is playing. Great. Fucking great. Yeah. That it's, it's, the one that know, kills man. me the most, the, the one that kills me the most is, and it pops up every once in a while, and it's not Kings fans, and it's not all Kings fans. There's like three or four of them out there. But the stupid, I hate seeing Doug Christie's name even remotely, remotely uh, in the talks. I see people posting on, who's bringing Doug Christie? What? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, get out of here, dude. It's Mike D'Antoni, or it, honestly, it's Mike D'Antoni or bust now. Like if you have to deal with Mark Jackson, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think Mark Jackson is, is better than a lot of people get. I think a guy gets a bad rep, but it's Mike D'Antoni or bust dude. That's, that's your, that's your quickest way to win, win right there. So for what I, I got something here. So one thing is it's kind of, on one hand, it's kind of surprising that the Kings have, they do have a pretty good quality list. Like they're interviewing a lot of people and a lot of people are interested and interviewing with them. Um, and so that's, well, here's, here's me, here's the take I was going to make. And, and, and it kind of goes same thing with like, with players too. Cause people say, Oh, Kings can't sign or re-sign anybody ever. Um, and then, Oh, the Kings are, I mean, even people are saying like Kings are going to, not going to be able to hire someone good. Cause no one's going to come here. I think there's, the thing is there's only so many uh, jobs, um, coaching jobs. So there's that. And um, same thing with on the roster. There's only so many, so many starting minutes to be handed out, right? So I think it's I think that really people are looking at Sacramento. If you really look at Sacramento from take the name off them and look at the franchise, they have an all-star center. They have an up-and-coming point guard who's extremely talented. They have their draft picks. They have draft capital. And um, this next coach is probably going to get a little bit of time. I and mean, I, I, I can't see how they can just can someone again within a year and a half, you know? So... I think that there's not that many jobs, and I really do think that the, the deer and fox of one thing is attractive. So that, that's that's kind of my 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 take on it. But you, people were saying it, that the Kings are going to have more competition because some of the coaching jobs that are out there right now. But I, I do I do think okay, put the past in the past. I do think the Kings. Um, it is an attractive job. I really do. I think it's going to be more attractive than some of the ones out there. I mean, wouldn't you think? I, I, I mean, anytime that you, anytime you have two guys like Darren Fox and Devonta Sabonis who aren't even in their prime yet, the, the job's attractive. You know, it just so happens they're wearing that purple jersey that says Kings on. You know, that's the only reason 
you know, that's the only reason it would be unattractive is because the known turmoil around the franchise. But you look at the roster and you look at the two guys that are heading this roster. Yeah, it's fucking attractive. I think, you know, if you would have asked, you know, if you asked Antonio a year ago to come over to Sacramento, I think he says no. But the current state with Darren Fox and Sabonis, I, I think it's very attractive. Did you see the – so there was an interview this week with Darren Fox and Sabonis. They sat down with uh, Katie Christensen, and they talked about it. So, so I saw a clip from there, and Darren Fox was talking about, oh, you know, we want to – well, you know, they always say this, like, right, we, we want to change the culture, we want to win for the city. And I was – I'm going to be snarky here. I was seeing it, and, like, you know – I thought people ate that shit up when, when Tyrese Halbert was saying that everyone was freaking out. And that was kind of the knock on Fox during the tread deadline, right? Like, Oh, he doesn't, you know, I don't know, whatever people, people didn't give enough credit for a lot of this stuff. And people weren't getting, getting excited for him. What's up with that, man? What's up with the double standard? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, people like, it's like, it's like DeMarcus cousins, right? All you ever heard about DeMarcus cousins was he, he was great off the court, right? Like he was great in the community. You know, but people like to pick and choose. I don't like this guy. You know, all, you know, one thing I'll give Tyrese Halliburton credit for, you know, he seemed like a likable guy person. He was always smiling. He said all the right things. People eat that shit up, dude. They eat it up, you know, but Darren Fox, he's been here a few years, right? What is he going into year five? Maybe year six, something like that. Year five. People, you know, after a while, people get tired. Oh, he hasn't, you know, he has, it's been five years and he hasn't gotten us there. You know, that, I think that's what it is with Jaren Fox because two and a half years ago, people fucking loved him, dude. People loved him. So it's just time, dude. It weighs on people. You know, you got to, when, when, when you're constantly losing, you know, the finger has to go somewhere. If a coach gets fired, you know, oh, who do we blame? Our GM gets fired. All right, now who do we blame? We're not going to blame the franchise. We're not going to blame the owner. We gotta, there's got to be somebody. There's got to be who's been here the fucking longest. Who's the best player and who's been here the longest? Ah, Darren Fox. Sorry. You got someone's got to be the scapegoat, right? For those casual ass fans, dude. Blame the fucking franchise. Blame, blame Vivek. You know, blame, blame that. that. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's what it is. Blame the Maloofs and blame, and blame Vivek. The, it's, well, it's funny after another losing season that, like we're we're still here getting all pissed off. I just I just keep going back to the whole to the whole tanking thing, and that's that's what I'm afraid of. I guess that's why I think I think that this uh, because tanking at some point, if the Kings aren't that successful with the next couple of years, that's where they're going to go. And and just how how set back the Kings could be, and it's just a really trivial time. I guess is my point. It's a really it's a really really trivial time. I I think I think people realize that. I do think people realize that, and and I think that the Kings have the ability right now to kind of capitalize on it. Like you said, the cap space, the draft picks, and and all of that that um, you, you know that that are in play. I, I think they have a, a finally have an ability to to capitalize. And the, yeah, just the tanking, man. It's just it's just really tough. I wanted to talk about like we we've talked about because okay, people out there have that tanking is the only strategy thing, which. You know, I don't want to necessarily go into that full conversation, but I was. We've talked about teams that have done it other ways. Teams that were kind of in the king's position with with uh, draft capital and uh, cap space and young talent, and that have made that next step. And I'm looking at the Bulls right now because it's kind of a similar situation, right? They had they were they had a team there that had Zach Levine, who 
same thing. I mean, what was his points per game up to around like 25 or something that uh, right before everyone came there. So he's at 25 points a game, but they're not, you know, they're not uh, doing anything, right? They fire their coach. They bring in Billy Donovan. And then right away last season, which was probably one of the more, I, at the time, if being really honest, like questionable moves. So the Bulls went out and traded. You have to help me out, right? It was like two first-round picks, like Otto Porter, Wendell Carter. Is that right? For Vucevic? But they for sure gave up two first-round first, sure. first yeah. picks for him. For sure. Was it two first? Because they got Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams was a first-round draft pick. Who's their future? I can't remember off the top of my head. You put me on the spot, dude. Yeah, I, well, I, I can always Carter, pull it up. What we know is Wendell Carter out of Portal. We know, we know it was a haul. We know it was a haul, but look look where they're at. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up while we're talking just to break down the exact trade. But besides the point, though, is that they, they gave up um, a lot of capital to get Vucevic, who had just gotten paid not not to, I think, the season before that, right? But it's a similar it's a similar thing where it was questionable because it it was like a cap it was an all in kind of cap move is what is they were completely mortgaging, uh, kind of short term stuff to go get a, a a player right and then they were more aggressive with additional moves obviously with Ball and DeRozan but that was the first one it kind of it's kind of on a similar parallel to to what the Kings did, right? They have a young player averaging 25 points per game. And then, and then they trade for a two-time all-star, you know, center who, who can, who can do a lot. Do you have, do you have the trade pulled up? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good call. Orlando magic trade all-star center, Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Camino to Chicago in exchange for Wendell Carter, Otto Porter and two first round picks. The first, the first round picks were 2021 and 2023. Yeah. But that's you know that's, yeah, it, good call. I, I couldn't remember. That was that was a good call, man. Good memory. But it's it is it's you have to really I, I really looked at that situation because I'm watching the Bulls play this week. And, you know, I'm always just Googling player stats and this and that. And I, I'm like, dude, I, that trade was really questionable because they were in this this literally the same position as the Kings are. Like they're they they didn't get over the hump. You know, at that time, people are saying, oh, maybe just trade trade Zach Levine for what you can get and build around some of these young guys who they had and some of their picks. And that really was a thing with Chicago. That really was a thing. And they said, no, we're going to double down and go get this guy. I mean, so they did that, which in that's what the Kings did in season this year, which is what they did in season. And in the falling off season, look at what they did. Okay. They went and got guys who just put up good, good stats on good teams. That's what they've done, right? So that's what DeMar DeRozan, which is crazy. I mean, I will say it is an outlier for a dude at his age to just all of a sudden in DeMar DeRozan just spike all the way up to 27 points. That That's kind of, you know, no one was calling that, but he he he's was always been productive. I mean, you even wanted the Kings to get him. I I'll give you the credit. You wanted the Kings to go get him, but they, they went him and they went and got Lonzo ball and they went and got Caruso and, and just kind of shirt up their team. And then, you know, look what they're at. So I just think I like to look at other models out there when people really get frustrated in a yet another losing season, like they went through this time. And it's like, it's, it's very easy to say, Oh, you know, we should just finally just blow it up. And, you know, really look at what, my thing is too is like, what is blowing up really doing, Ryan? The Kings are going to have what the seventh pick this year. They had the ninth last year. Okay, so you're going to blow it up to what? It's a lottery to what? Maybe get two or three spots up. Like, like that's no sure thing. You know, that's no sure thing. And I just think that um, there's other alternatives to success out there. If you just one looked around, and two, you have to have the balls to pull 
a trigger on somewhat of a what people would consider questionable, but you know, getting proven commodities is really what the team like the Bulls did. Yeah, let's. I mean, yeah, Demar Derozan had a little renaissance here, but it's like. You know, he averaged 27 points between 2016, 2017, then went 23, 21, 22, 21, and then out of nowhere, 28 points per game this year. You know, so, um, you know, let, let's let's put things into, into perspective, though, right? It is Chicago, right? There is the, you know, you show anybody a Chicago Bulls jersey in the world, and they're thinking of Michael Jordan, right? Like, their their team is known, right? So, uh, um, you know, being able to sign a DeMar DeRozan, off the market when he's from LA, LA has LeBron James, LA has Anthony Davis there, you know, Sacramento's not doing that. Let's, let's put this, let's be real about this. Right. And also with Lonzo. Okay. They brought in a defensive minded um, young point guard who, who I think doesn't get enough credit um, because why it's Chicago, you know, so Sacramento, I, I think does differ in that, in that um, respect. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but you got to, you're, you're totally right. You got to have the fucking balls to make moves, right? You have to have the balls to, to double down on Zach Levine. You have to have the balls to make a move for, for Vucevic and all that stuff. And, you know, yeah, you know, got to be able to trade those picks. Like we've been saying for a few years, right? Like we, we come on here all the time. We say TTP, TTP, who would you draft? Who? I don't give a fuck TTP, right? Like this year, I don't give a fuck TTP trade the motherfucking pick. Right. You could have traded the pick a few years ago and got Jimmy Butler, you know, <laughs> trade the trade the fucking pick no matter what. Go get dudes who know how to play basketball and can play all 82 games to sit next to Darren Fox and DeMontis Savonis. Go get Mike D'Antoni. You're in the motherfucking playoffs because at this point, people are talking about, you know, well, it doesn't get us closer to a championship. Sacramento's fucking poverty, dude. They're not worried about that. Hey, Sacramento, hey, we, we don't need a fucking mansion. We just need three square meals a day. That's fucking it, dude. Then poverty, hey, then poverty, homeless franchise. We don't need a championship right now. Just make sure that I don't go hungry. Make sure I don't wake up in the morning wondering where my next meal is fucking coming from. That's all. That's it. That's it. Well, I, I'm people like that is a good one because that's always like the counter, like the they think it's like the checkmate. Like, ha, I see when they say, well, that that's not that's not getting closer to championship. I'm, I've literally seen people on Twitter, like in, in, in articles of say, I'm about championships, bro. I guarantee this. If you're a Kings fan, OK, and the Kings get into a nice six game series against somebody and they and, and at one point, maybe the series is, you know, two, two. Guarantee you'd be busting nuts out there, dude. Guaranteed. I know I will be. So I, you can be about championships, okay? But as a fan, you'll be super hyped, okay? And I look at. I get that that's sad. I do understand that that's sad, but it's realistic. And sometimes you just got to keep it real when you suck. Um, and and I think that it's all about compounding off of uh, your the starting point in which you're at, right? And that's where all it takes is for you to get to that just next level all right and then propel from there um and you just sometimes you gotta get the stink off you you have to do that and it's frustrating because other franchises around the league are doing even even the pelicans okay the pelicans are they might even i mean with the injuries they have they could win this series against the suns right and it's they went out and got a cj mccall i mean 
if you look at that franchise three years ago, that was a, a franchise who really could have like been in poverty, like we've talked about. They were totally positioned to do so. Okay. Um, and you can't even really credit Zion because Zion didn't even play this year, right? He hasn't really played a lot, honestly. So there's more to it than just saying, oh, well, they got Zion. Yeah, but you, you know, like there's more to it than that. They went out and got guys. Look at even what they're doing at center. They go out and get, uh, you know, Jonas Valchunas is like, and then they go get CJ McCollum. It's like, they even, they even, I don't know, man. It's just, here's what I say. It's just, I, I just think that going to that next step and getting a playoff series is something that they desperately, desperately, it's so trivial, man. It's so trivial where they're at right now. Well, you know, pe- people talk about, I'm about championships, you know, on Kingsland, all I saw during the Minnesota, when Minnesota playing game, and everybody hated on the fucking playing game, okay? Everybody tank, what's the playing game mean? It don't mean nothing. Minnesota in that fucking playoff game went fucking nuts, dude. They lost their goddamn minds. Pat Beverly fucking cried. He fucking cried. So you want to say that the, the playing game doesn't fucking mean anything? Franchise, it doesn't mean any. Get the fuck out of here, dude. They've, they've taken a game from the number two seed in the NBA, okay, or in the Western Conference. They, you know, got some fucking respect for that, right? Like, people, that's been all over sports all week, how much it meant to Minnesota fan base and the team. Fuck, we fucking made it. We fucking made it. We're here. There's a reason why we're here. And look, they stole the game. Okay, now they blew that. They blew it last night. They blew it last night, but you know what that is? Anthony Davis is 20 or Anthony Davis. Anthony Edwards is 20 years old. Okay. D'Angelo Russell's still young. Carly Towns is still young. What's that bring? It brings experience. It brings something to build on. Right now, you're Minnesota. Hey, we're TTP, dude. We're gonna go make a run at that guy in the fucking offseason. You know, we're gonna we're gonna trade our pick and we're gonna add to this roster because look at you know, if they come out and they win this next game against Memphis tomorrow, what is it, two to two with three games left? Anything could fucking happen, dude. Just, it's like we've been saying, just fucking get in. Just get in. That's it. That is it, dude. So the Minnesota shit was, it was nuts, dude. I'm all for it. Fuck yeah. Dude, if Sacramento ever does that, dude, I hope Darren Fox rips rips his fucking shirt off, dude. Throws. I hope he's in the fucking stands crying his eyes out because I'll fucking be there crying too. That's a, that's a really good take to bring to the podcast, man, because that's something that I haven't heard anybody say out loud. It, and I'm not going to say it, it didn't register for you, but I didn't really think about it that way because there have been so many people out there who have said that the playing game doesn't mean anything and why play for the playing game? Why even do that when you can just go for the traffic? I mean, and be honest out there, people. Be honest. People are saying that. People of note, quote unquote of note, right? They have said that. And that's a real, that's a, that's a really good take to bring to the podcast, man. And I can tell you like, that's, it, it would be crazy. And you're right. Like you just got to get in and, and get that experience. Like I would say, I, I would say this, you and I know, okay. That, uh, the golden state Warriors sucked ass my whole life. Okay. My, they, they were, they sucked, dude. They, they, they were like, okay, they were bad. All right. And then it was what the, the, we believe team all of a sudden goes out there. Okay, the fans wear a bunch of yellow shirts. They get really loud and they win a series. All right, wait, as an eighth seed, and that kind of changed, kind of changed their franchise in a bit. I mean, really, the the Warriors 
And my childhood was, they were kind of like the Kings, dude. I mean, even like the early might've been even worse. Yeah. They, they did. That was a team that was bad and didn't have like, like, like notable talent. I mean, they were out there with Troy Mert. I mean, Jason Richardson was their best guy, which Jason Richardson was cool, but Jason Richardson is no, he's not a star star. You know what I mean? But Troy Murphy and Andrews, Michael, Michael Dunleavy, their starting lineup, their starting lineup was, I can't remember who the point. Oh, Derek Fisher. Okay. There was that one year it was Derek Fisher, Jason Richardson, Michael Dunleavy, Troy Murphy, and Andres Bedrins. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And like Ike Diagu. It's just, so the point Ike is Diagu, just, good call. Yeah, the point is though, is it, it, it I just I just think it's it's exciting it's exciting. I I'll get and I've heard that too. Why even get in the playoffs? You're just gonna lose. I because man, I'm a fan. I'm trying to see something other than bullshit. And people want to talk about Sacramento needs to have a winning culture. Oh, we need a winning culture. Well, you know what? You know what? The winning culture doesn't happen without fucking winning. So for all you people who are saying, oh, we need a tank. We're out of it. Fuck the play-in game. That's not how it works, okay? You know how you get a winning culture? It's really fucking easy, okay? You hire an established coach who has won everywhere he went, Mike and Tony. You put all your resources into fucking winning, okay, TTP. And you go after the fucking play-in game. You go after the eight seed. That's it. That is it. That is the only, you know, yeah, you know, a guy could get hurt and you could fucking, you could suck, okay? That, yeah, that's possible. But fucking go for it, dude. Go 100% in. And you know what? Monty McNair is going to fucking do it this year, dude. That shit is going to fucking happen. And I can't wait till Sacramento is in the fucking playoff game because I'll be there screaming my fucking balls off dude and i told my wife this the other day okay i just want to share this minnesota the whole minnesota thing me and my wife watched that and she was like i can't believe they're like acting like that like grown man grown men crying i told her you know babe be completely honest with you if sacramento was ever to even get in the playoffs and win like a playoff series let alone win a fucking championship i would cry for a fucking month if you you know I would cry my eyes out if I was in that situation that Minnesota was in. So, you know, that it's important to look at, look at, you know, look what's going to happen to, to Minnesota's franchise moving forward. Granted, they have Anthony Edwards, who's really fucking awesome, but that franchise is on the cusp, dude. And they're going to TTP. There's, there's hope. One thing I'm, I'm happy about is like, I, I had a rough 2010s decades sports wise, because, um, you know, obviously, I'm a Kings fan and in football, our college football, I'm a Texas Longhorns fan. They didn't do shit. You're a Texas Longhorns fan as well. They didn't do shit the last decade, but I'm also a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and the Bucs were kind of like, the, they were the Kings of the NFL. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs in the 2010s and they, and they went, they went on, I think it was 15 years where they, they, they had a playoff drought and you know, they won. And I'll be honest, I got pretty emotional when the, when the Bucs won the Super Bowl. So, I kind of know what it feels like, and I really want it to happen with the Kings. But I'll honestly, Ryan, I'll take a playoff series to get the stink off for sure. Um, I'll ask you this: like, I think that. What do you think? I think that this is the closest I feel like they've been. There's been other times like I thought that they they could make the playoffs soon. I thought they would. I thought they'd sneak into the the playing game. Actually, I think that's what we both predicted. All right. And we thought there was a chance if things went right, they could be a, like a one through eight team. But we, we thought they'd be a, in a, a play-in team. But this year, just because of the assets, because of what's kind of there, 
I do think this is the the closest I've felt going into offseason. Um, do you think that's the closest in the last bunch of years? I mean, the last time I felt this I, way was was that year that Rudy Gay tore his Achilles, right? And I think the Kings were good that year. It was his Achilles, it's right? Hard. It's it's yeah, it's hard, man, because they don't have a coach yet, right? So like, well, the I was say is the know, opportunity it, where they're at now. If they make the right decisions, right? Yeah, the so like, if they if they hire Mike D'Antoni, yes, I will come on here. Yes, hundred percent. They are. This is the best situation that they've been in cap wise, asset wise, current roster wise. Um, so yeah, if D'Antoni comes here, yes, hundred um, percent. I just I really think that. You know, McNair, D'Antoni, Deeron Fox, and Sabonis, dude, will overcome the the sacramental curse that that is here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd have to agree with you, but without a coach, I'm not even going to comment on that. But you bring in D'Antoni, I'm all on board, dude. That's it. I'll put the bets in. We'll, we'll do it on the podcast, dude. You know, I'll put all the bets in, the over on the wins, playoffs, all. Well, and and, I, and to my my well, my point there was, I don't mean to put you on the spot like that. I don't mean I didn't make you want to make you be like, oh, they're going to be a playoff team right now. Like I wasn't trying to say that to you. No, I'm, I'm coming on saying you you hire Mike and Tony. You are that, that, that that's it. Well, my point was was really like the the opportunity with with the assets, the team on the roster, the the draft picks, the ability to hire a coach, like you know that that whole situation. But yeah, I agree, man. It's it's a trivial time in Kingsland. They got to make the right move. I think things are going to happen, bang bang. So that's what's going to make this off season really interesting. I mean, I mean, with the draft, the coaching, the free agency, they're going to be players like literally in every type of like offseason transaction that happens in NBA basketball. The Kings are, are participating in that. And that's exciting, um, you know, to follow along. But um, and, and all an effort, really, just to, to get the stink off the franchise. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're also are very active on our Kingsland Facebook group. So you can join that. Um, if you want to support Kings cast, please slide down after the show um, and leave us five stars. Ryan, I got hit up by our boy, Matt Lacko today, avid listener, giving the shout outs, a shout out Lacko. Um, if you, uh, ever reach out to us, we'll always give you a shout out on the podcast. Um, so with that, uh, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.